Welcome to Ahead of the Curve, a breakout investors podcast. In this episode, Aaron Warwick interviews Ross Taylor of ARS Investment Partners. First, a disclaimer from Ross. ARS Partners is a registered investment advisor. All investment and financial opinions expressed by me on this call are in any investment matters are the result of our research and our experience and are intended here as education material, offering insight into how we think and operate. All best efforts have been made to ensure that all information we have relied on is accurate and up to date. Unintended errors may occur. Our content is intended to be used for informational and educational purposes only, and thus we believe that it's very important that before making any investment decision based on information given in this call, you should do your own analysis. Additionally, we reserve the right to trade in or out of any security we talk about without notifying those listening to the call in the due course of our business. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Ross. We appreciate it. And um, I want to talk about Permafix. There was some news that came out last week. The company uh, just issued a press release today, recording this podcast on Monday, February 6th. Uh, but before we talk about that, can Let's give a higher level view of, of Permafix. We both own it. Uh, and, and just tell a little bit about the company and, and why you think uh, that it's a buy. Well, I think that you know Permafix is in the hazardous waste mitigation business. We have been involved with it for going on a year, year and a half. It's a unique company in that there just are not many other companies playing in the space and providing what it does. We feel the biggest story, and it's got a number of drivers of value enhancement in it. It's got, you know, the potential of the decommissioning of uh, naval warships, particularly nuclear ships and submarines. It's got an expansion into Europe, which we think could be very interesting. What's really kind of been the, the main driver of the thought process for a long time, years, it's been the cleanup at Hanford. Uh, Hanford Nuclear Reservation is uh, where they actually, I think, pulled the plutonium to build the, the bombs that were dropped over Japan in World War II. And almost since then, it, or even before that, it has been a, a hazardous waste site that has just been building and building and building. And for a variety of reasons, you've not had any action on it. And it looks like we finally are going to start a meaningful cleanup in this area Hanford actually sits on the Columbia River, one of the major river networks in the United States. So, you know, getting water and getting the water table clean is a very important step. And, and we see Permafix as a solution to that problem. And from our perspective, we look at it and what we like about it, and we have this, the number of names we, we are invested in, is that it's a long cycle play. It's a, it, once the contracts are let, they we really see them as being annuities that are are not going to be measured in years, but you know it could be decades or more. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at, and it looks like we're starting to kick to where things are really going to going to start to ramp uh, in coming months. Yeah, so maybe we can talk then more about because as you mentioned, uh, and Hanford is like the elephant in the room when you talk about permafix. I, I think you and I would agree that that we think their core business, even if you would just remove Hanford, it is probably undervalued based upon the opportunities they have with mm -hmm. the Department of Defense. Like you said, expanding into Europe, they, they had a contract that they signed last year with a partnership with Westinghouse, I believe it was in the UK. 
Um, so, but let's talk about Hanford because that is the big news that's happened. It's why the stock has rallied since last week. And as you mentioned, there had been you know delay after delay after delay of actually cleaning up Hanford. There had been lawsuits to sort of start to force the cleanup. And as you said, it, it, it looks like it's going to happen. And part of the reason that we can say that now with even more assurance is because of the uh, release last week of the Department of Energy of the final WIR, the final were uh, talking about the um, cleanup of, of Hanford. So maybe if you could just go into that and why that's significant, both for Hanford cleanup and why it's significant for Permafix. Well, as I said, Hanford has, has been, I'm from the state of Washington and I kind of have considered Hanford a, a nuclear wasteland in in more than just ephemeral terms for decades. And it's an area that needs to be cleaned up. I think that literally the government could be working on this for scores of years and not get the problem solved yet. So we're really at the front end of something that needed to have been done, that's had a lot of policies played, had a lot of issues internally in the government and others that just have kept Progress. Well, and even now, I just want to interrupt and say that to your point, I mean, the government has been talking some of these documents, it's going to take over 100 years to get that site cleaned up based yeah. on current projections. So when you say a long time, we mean a long time. A long time. Yeah, and that's what we talk about an annuity. You know, one of the things, as, one of the ways we like to invest is we like to find these things that basically become almost autopilot or fire and forget in many ways, not the idea that you just don't worry about them, but but this is one of those things. And if you're looking at it, if you figure that they try to they move to where they're going to clean up, you know, two million plus gallons a year. And you look at that and you figure they get somewhere I've heard, you know, between 50 and 100 dollars a gallon, even at 50 dollars a gallon. You're talking about 100 million dollars a year in revenue to permafix. Now, mm -hmm. to put that into context. If we look at what Permafix has done on the revenue basis in 2020, they did $100 million, $105 million in revenue. So this one project can be worth all or more than what the company as a whole generated. And this is only part of Hanford. There's a, a major opportunity. They're one of two. They're part of a bidding consortium um, that's competing for a much more significant cleanup opportunity as well. But even here, as you said, if you look at, at this and say they do a, you know, 2 million plus gallons a year at $100 or $50 a gallon, it's $100 million at $200 or $100 a gallon, it's $200 million. If you give them a 50% EBITDA margin, which we think is a, a not a heroic EBITDA margin, you know, you're then talking about something that uh, basically can give you it in itself might be worth north of $20 a share. Right. That one contract. And this is in the stock that's currently trading, you know, under $6 a share. And can you talk about the contract that was, or not the contract, excuse me, but the, the final where the document that the Department of Energy put out uh, last week and then permafixed and made uh, comments about it this morning. Uh, in a press release, and just yeah. talk about significance. Yeah, well, the the real significance is that it appears to have removed. This has been a project or a program that's constantly run. Every time you look like you've broken into greenfields beyond the 
you step into a ditch or something of that nature. And, and it just hasn't been able to kind of get off the pad and get going. And it looks like from what was released last week is the last issues that were blocking this from moving forward were put behind us. The state of Washington and the DOE and everyone seems to agree that this needs to move forward and that this program is one that will be pursued. So that's a really important step. It also probably frees up this process of getting, you know, the major contract decided as well. But that's really what we, we saw as, and that had been the holdup. And this has been, the market's been sitting on this for some time hoping that this would come to fruition. And now it looks like the federal government has finally given it a seal of approval, so it will. Yeah, I, I've kind of been explaining it, and I can't remember the words that, that Mark Duff used when I spoke to him uh, last about it, but this, this final document seems to be sort of the game plan, more or less, mm -hmm. of how to clean up Hanford, at least from the uh, DF law facility, as they call it, the, the secondary waste. And, and as you sort of alluded to it, it sort of seems like it makes sense to release this document before they award that larger contract that you had mentioned, the services contract, uh, because that whoever operates, whoever, which one ever of these consortium bidding consortium ends up operating Hanford has to have, has to know what to do with the, with the waste that's created from the cleanup. Yeah, and, and one of the benefits, uh, even if it turns out that, that PESI's uh, consortium does not win, PESI, because of its physical location very near Hanford uh, and its capabilities, should receive revenue without regard to which of the two teams wins. Now, obviously, if their consortium wins, it's a much bigger win for them. It's probably order of magnitude or, or more valuable to them. Uh, than the other, but it's still, as you can, as I just ran through the map, you're looking at something here where just this, this effluent cleanup, the water cleanup, you know, can be the type of thing that can be generating 50, 60 million dollars in EBITDA on a year in, year out basis. Right. And that becomes just from a, you know, from a stock price valuation standpoint. You know, when you have uh, something in the neighborhood of 13 plus million shares outstanding, you know, that alone becomes a pretty meaningful kicker. I mean, as you said, yeah. if you're doing 50 million plus in EBITDA and you're then talking about something in the neighborhood of over three and a half dollars, close to four dollars a share in, in EBITDA. So you can, you know, attach the multiple you want to attach to it and you know, that gets you a price a lot higher than the the 585 the stock is trading. Yeah, because I think I mean the I mean right now I, the uh, enterprise value is is probably around you know eight or something like that or less, just roughly. Um, where the yeah, it's about an 80 million right dollar enterprise value. This is how we look and, at it. One, this is one of those things that we like the business without this contract. We, as right. you mentioned earlier, we think that the opportunities and you know, in getting rid, you know, decommissioning uh, at the old naval warships, particularly uh, the nuclear ones and, and things of that nature, what's going on, all those other things to act to us actually still leave this as meaningfully undervalued. But, you know, this is, is literally, you know, not just the chair. I mean, this is like, you know, you know, this is the whole Sunday on top of, the, of right. this thing. This is a huge, if this, 
you know, even getting this, the water treatment alone, as we said, basically takes this to a company, a stock that by our valuation should be trading at, you know, a multiple on a multiple, probably not 2x of what it's trading at right now. Yeah. And so just to, uh, here's kind of what I put it in three different buckets. Well, four different. N- number one, their core business, which is, as you said, is we believe is undervalued because of all these things that you've alluded to. But as it relates to Hanford, there's really three ways that Permafix can benefit. And one of them, we now know that they're, that they're going to. The Department of Energy was the one that has been holding up the Hanford cleanup, as you mentioned. They've now come out and given this game plan, so they're, they're moving forward on it. But this was the smallest of the three opportunities. So the three opportunities are the treatment of the effluent waste, this primarily the wastewater, as you mentioned, that's from the main that's created from the main cleanup project of the vitrification plant. The other that you've talked about, uh, touched on briefly, was the test bed initiative TBI, which would be a, a complementary treatment um, to the uh, to the vitrification plant. We're still waiting to hear about that. It's expected that the Department of Energy is going to release a similar document sometime, probably later this quarter, about about TBI. And then the third that you've talked about is that services contract. And I kind of did them in reverse order in terms of the smallest first. So we already know that this the smallest one uh, in terms of the material impact to, to Permafix has essentially been awarded. And I, and I say that it's essentially been awarded because I think to our surprise, certainly to, uh, to Permafix's surprise, is when the DOE came out with this document last week, the, the expectation was sort of, well, they're either going to say that the, the wastewater is going to be treated on site at a facility that will be built or that it's going to be treated commercially. But that's not what the DOE said. The DOE actually said it's going to be treated by Permafix for at least the next 10 years. Yeah. And very specific. And they had their name, Permafix's name. I mean, so in other words, it wasn't like, you know, this this is going to just be treated by any commercial player. No, this is going to be treated. And they named the two specific facilities where they're going to treat it. Yeah. And, and it gets down to the, gov- the, the DOE has in the past seemed to indicate that it would actually like to own the process soup to nuts. But this is a massively expensive and expansive project. And at a time when you're seeing the dysfunction in, in Washington over what do we spend capital on? You know, how do you allocate capital? These guys have a, you know, have a business there that, that, you know, they are going to get this executed. And so that's one of the things that it was a huge change. And it's really, as you said, it's, it locks in something. So we, it's a, it's a, such a valuable move. And this is one of those companies, I think, from a professional investor standpoint, you heard about this story years ago. And quite honestly, you've heard about it some, so you've kind of shut your mind down to it because you've got, oh, yeah, that's right, clean up in Hanford. It's never happened. Well, it, it for all intents and purposes, it does appear that it is now happening. Right. And or going to happen. And, and that, you know, this is a name, you know, and the company has also made to me, you know, the, when I listen to their public comments, it seems to me that they've made the, it clear they believe that the company is meaningfully undervalued and you shouldn't be surprised if they monetize the asset in the next year, two years or so, as the value of what Hanford is becomes apparent to the marketplace. Yeah, and that's the final thing I wanted to, to touch on. Uh, I want to add one comment before we go in that direction, though, and that is that in addition to the fact that that 
permafix uh, seemed to be surprised that they were specifically named in the in the uh, document that came out last week, that final weir. They also seem to be surprised at the the volumes that they'll be sent, that it was even larger than they were sent. So that's a, a net positive as well. Uh, but as, as you mentioned, the company has pretty clearly signaled um, that that there's interest in them being acquired, that they're interested in uh, selling the company. Uh, but as you mentioned, it, it seems as though that will not happen until we get some more clarity about what's going to happen at Hanford. We, we did get one of the three areas cleared up uh, pretty well last week. Uh, when do you expect these other two areas to sort of have some clarification, the TVI and then the, the uh, services contract? Well, you're dealing with the federal government. So I find that patience is going to be an acquired virtue, but I would think we should, we should see at least the first of them you know, in the first half of this year, what I'd be thinking. I think we've been kind of in a game where it could happen almost any day or, mm-hmm. you know, and the peak, this, this is important. The statement made last week were important to opening that up. Um, I do think that, as I said, you're kind of looking at uh, a situation where, you know, it's been a waiting for Godot. And that's, you know, me, that's a phrase I use a lot. It's been right. a waiting for Godot situation, but it does appear that, the boats on the beach and, and it, they should start to fall fairly quickly after this. Uh, I would think just from a timing basis. Yeah. I, I so, think uh, I, I mean, I definitely resonate with me, you know, that what you say about that waiting and, and with the government, it's been even worse here in the since COVID, but I will say that I feel more confident that, that they're going to act. Uh, they, they said initially that the services contract would be by the end of the year, the DOE mm-hmm. had, indicated the end of the year being 2022. Well, obviously that's ship has sailed, but uh, then they pushed it back and said the first quarter of 2023. And I think that seems uh, perhaps reasonable now, uh, you know, given that the fact that they have moved last week. So that, that does give me some uh, confidence that we probably will see this at least in the first half of the year. And then if, am I correct in stating that, You know, assuming that Permafix, if their group wins and there's like a, you know, roughly 50-50 chance, I mean, there's two, only two bidding conglomerates uh, consortium part of this, but uh, it'd probably take another six months or so for Permafix to figure out as a subcontractor, since they're not the prime, um, just exactly how much work they're going to get. And so we're probably looking more like uh, end of 23, early 24 in terms of a, of a buyout. Yeah, I would... And I would think, as, as I agree with your ta- your read on the timing, which is they have indicated that, you know, we should have already had it. We will soon get it. To me, I'm a little bit of a, when it gets there, it gets there. But I think that this announcement that was made and that Permafix commented on today, the key thing I would say from, from our perspective is it's a, it sets the table. It means they got a bit, they got something that's going to bring money in over the transom. It's going to bring a fair amount of cash. I don't believe they really need to do capex uh, to to handle this part of this process. I think all the all the stuff is in place. All the equipment is in place. I think the people are in place. I believe they're ready to execute it. So that would be a very powerful add from an economic standpoint. Uh, and then as they roll out the other parts of the contract, it will take some time to to get them to fully understand exactly or for us to understand what what they get out of it. I think that 
you know, you and I have been involved in a number of companies where you see this, where the, uh, a lot of the work is going to be opaque to us as investors, but the impact on the income statement is not going to be opaque. It's going to be quite clear as they push forward and as they begin processing first, you know, the, the effluent and then as they, the wastewater and then as they move into uh, the contract and, and the like. And from what they indicate and have said on calls that even if they don't win, there's still economic benefit to, to them uh, that will come from the other consortium. It's just not going to be as lucrative. But mm-hmm. As I said, to me, one way I often like to look at little companies like this is you consider call options, right? You kind of say, what's or a warrant? What would I value a call or warrant option on, on you know, this piece of business, on that piece of business? And and each of them, you know, you know on a risk-adjusted basis is quite lucrative. So, you know, we get a stock price, our, you know, internal valuation on the stock price you know, a hundred plus percent higher just on a call option model. Uh, final thing I want to bring up then, and you've kind of given some numbers. I don't necessarily need a, a specific stock price, but you've given the expected uh, impact on, on EBITDA uh, given this, the current situation, the document released last week, but you know, it, it just, it, it really gets crazy in terms of the numbers you're talking about. I mean, to put it in perspective for those who aren't aware of this Hanford services contract, and again, Permafix is not the prime, so they're not going to get all of this business, but you're talking about a $45 billion contract over 10 year period with a possibility of it, of course, extending way beyond 10 years. At 10 years, there would be probably another bidding process or something. But in, in any case, you know, if, if Permafix's group ends up winning that contract where how do you value permafix what what kind of well, share price do you think we're talking about if we look you've highlighted that this is really three or four gains or plays here it's the core business which we think is undervalued here and we think probably you know it's probably worth you know half again what the stock price is selling at uh you've got the navy business the potential for you know a single major nuclear warship could be a hundred million dollars business over uh, over a couple of years. I mean, if you ended up getting a nuclear carrier, for example, or, or whatever, I mean, the revenue base is hugely opportunistic. And once again, you look at that business, not, uh, that business will, will be lumpy and spotty, but still, there are only a handful of people who can do, you know, nuclear warships and decommissioned nuclear warships. So we would look at that business and say that business is probably worth more than the stock price is fading up, but you discount it because of the, the volatility of earnings. And then you add the wastewater business, which is probably alone worth 15 plus dollars, could be $20 a share. And then you add in TBI and TBI is probably worth more than everything else combined. So the right. problem I have is I was telling a client late last year about the valuation of this and that we were having a discussion about do you take a tax loss and I said the problem is you know it's reestablishing a position when you look at it and the target price is literally uh, I think I used the professional phrase stupid versus where the stock is trading at you know I tell I can tell you what it is and you just won't you just won't believe that I could be anywhere close to being right but so I look at this thinking it's not hard to see this being a a $20 plus stock and plus could be a lot higher than 20 you know yeah i i appreciate that i certainly agree with it 
and appreciate your time on, on this name, Ross. And we look forward to having you on, on future podcasts as well. Always a pleasure, Aaron. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.